0: sales teams are especially where I see this issue come up because you take someone who is a hunter and a driver and then you put them in a farmer role, right? So they're hunting, they're selling, they're getting the, the revenue. When they become a leader of people, they're not the one out there hunting anymore. They're now a farmer where they are nurturing the hunters and stepping in to support the hunters if the, if the hunter's having a hard time with the kill, so to speak.
1: Welcome to One Next Step, the most practical business podcast in the world. You're now one simple tip, practical tool, and small step away from growing your business. One Next Step is brought to you by Belay, the incredible 100% remote organization revolutionizing productivity with virtual assistants, bookkeepers, and social media managers. Accomplish more, juggle less. Modern staffing. From Belay. And now to your hosts. Welcome to One Next Step, the practical business podcast that helps you run your business so it stops running you. I'm Ryan, and today Belay CEO, Trisha Shortino, is going to talk with Carrie Fabrice. Carrie is a career and leadership coach and author of the new book All In, which is focused on helping working mobs make the most of their personal and professional lives. In her conversation with Trisha today, Carrie is going to focus on explaining how leaders can help their team members play to their strengths. She's also going to share some examples of how we can leverage our strengths in our personal lives to win at home as well as at work. No matter where you're at in your career and your personal life, this episode is going to be full of applicable insights. So let's jump right in.
2: Carrie, thank you so much for joining us today on The One Next Step. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad to be here. Uh, Yes. So I, I heard an interesting thing that I feel like is a great Opener and getting to know you questions. So I, I want to hear a little bit about this. Is it true that you wrote a book about your son's love for fans? <laughs> it sounds so random, doesn't it? it? Sounds, like, yes, yes, so it we have to true. hear about this.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is true, and, and I think it's it's good for the listener for us to clarify. We're not talking about like fans at a football game. We're talking about ceiling fans, Uh box fans, anything that spins like a fan that creates wind, those kind of fans. So yes, um, ever since he was two months old, he has been absolutely fascinated, almost obsessed uh, with fans. And I went looking for children's books on fans to not only give him something that he loved, but also to help him with his reading. He was a little behind in reading. Um, I couldn't find any. And so I created one. Uh, so I wrote, Fans Are Fantastic. And it came out in 2019. It's out on Amazon. That is amazing. <laughs>
2: yeah. That is super yeah. fun. A-
0: true true labor of love. That's that's Truly. Sure. That's so, like yeah, mom of the
2: fun. year award type things that you couldn't find the right book for your kids. <laughs> so you decided to write one. So can we say yeah. overachiever? Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, what I learned through that, Trisha, is because so I'm an activator, mm-hmm. which I know we'll talk about strength yeah. here today a little bit. Um, I I will achieve. I will bring something to fruition when it truly, truly matters. Other things, I get a lot of things started, but mm-hmm. <laughs> bringing it to fruition, it's got to really matter. And this one, this one really mattered. So yeah, it was it was fun. He loved it, and it's it's really it's about him. So he's in the book, oh. so he loves like seeing himself in illustrated form. Oh, so. I- Cool. That's
2: an amazing story. And also, to your point, an yeah. excellent tee-up to today's conversation. I yes. just mentioned you being an activator. So, you know, we we talk a lot about hiring people that are good at their jobs and then also having a variety of competencies, but that's not necessarily the same thing as playing to someone's right. strength. So I'd love to just start off right. and hear you define for us what a strength is and how it's different than a competency. Absolutely. So
0: I am a Gallup CliftonStrengths certified coach, and I have been working with leaders in company with, with various companies over eight years or so. And so when we talk about a strength and by Gallup's definition is it's basically a talent Uh, We all have natural talents, and it is a talent that is productively applied for, air quotes, near perfect performance. So it's something that is innate in you. It's something that you do well, that drives your energy, so you get energy from this talent or strength. You're engaged. You'll be more productive. You're happier. And oftentimes it's, it's subconscious. It's kind of like we, how many thousands of times a day do we blink, but we don't pay attention to blinking mm-hmm. until we talk about it. And then we start feeling ourselves blink. So it's when we bring awareness to the areas of our life that light us up and give us energy and keep us in that zone, then we are essentially playing to a strength. So I would say strengths are more around behaviors and personalities. Uh, the Clifton Strengths assessment is a personality assessment. So when we talk about a competency, I would say that a competency is more about a skill or an ability, not so much nature or nurture, or maybe it's more the nurture side, whereas strengths is more the nature side. So the competency, it's something that can be learned and honed in and perfected. That said, I do think they have similarities and they're both aimed towards happiness and productiveness and being in an energy zone of doing things that feel good and that you're good at.
2: Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, so there's almost this natural wiring that you would naturally have versus a way with which uh, something you've learned to do very well, potentially. You can kind of look at it that way. Yeah, because I could see that. I'm I'm obviously reflecting on myself in that, and I -hmm. I, I could sit here and pick out things that I know that I'm naturally gifted at, always have been, versus things I've learned to do well in my career, in my life, through trial and error or teaching or coaching or whatever. So I love sure. the difference of those things. Yes. I love the difference of those things. So, you know, as leaders, we we obviously want our employees to enjoy the work that they do um, so that they mm-hmm. can contribute to an organization and, and do so purposefully and joyfully. Yeah. Um, but yet, as leaders, we have such a hard time sh- or we struggle with helping people play to their strengths at work. Can you talk a little bit about why why do we why do so many leaders struggle to help their people play to their strengths?
0: I love this question so much. Honestly, and based on my almost eight years of doing this, working with hundreds of leaders in a corporate environment, I think a big reason is that leaders are often too busy focusing on results versus on the human mm. that's driving those results. So often they're focused on driving the success of the business versus the engagement of the business. And effective leaders really focus on both driving results through happy engaged people. It's what keeps me very busy with clients, to be honest. Yes. It's all the leaders that, that don't make the time for this. And it's why I love what I do. And you know, I too would like to believe that most leaders want their employees to enjoy the work they do. But there are a lot of people in leadership roles that really shouldn't be, Mm. you know, like they become a leader because their leader tapped their shoulder and said, you need the you need to be in this role because it served that leader, not the person who is being put in the role. Sometimes people become a leader because it's the next step in their career. Uh, It's a new title. It's more authority. It's more money. Rarely and it does happen thankfully it happens, but rarely does someone tell me in my coaching experience that they don't care about title or compensation they only want to make a difference and develop people. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's how it's um, sometimes just really interesting to me how many times I have to remind people leaders that they're leaders of, people. So there's this crazy statistic that was, uh, was shared by the center for leadership studies. So I am also a certified situational leadership, uh, facilitator for the center for leadership studies. And this, when I, when I heard the statistic the first time it was a little jaw dropping and I love asking this to people and having them guess. So I'm going to play this with you a little bit if that's okay. Yes. So what percent of people do you think are promoted for what they know?
2: What would you guess? Um, Seventy five percent. OK, so very impressive. Seventy oh, percent. Look at me.
0: That's why you're the CEO of Belay. Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> no. So 70 percent of people are promoted for what they know. And what percent of those people do you think lack
2: human skills? Oh, probably, probably the same amount of people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Eighty percent. Yeah. 80%. 80%, yeah. Yeah, so so that's
0: telling us that there's a lot of people that are going into leadership roles but are not going into it for the humans that they lead. So leaders are they're just not as focused on people and what makes them tick. They're often more focused on the mentality of I pay you to show up and do a job. Now do it. So if we bring this back to strengths, when a leader chooses to unlock someone's strengths in a Gallup assessment for example, you know, they're given basically a road map A step-by-step roadmap on how to communicate and engage someone effectively and productively. Here are this person's strengths. As long as you understand this person's strengths and what lights them up and gives them energy, you will know how to communicate with them. And the thing is, is that leaders must choose to make the time to do things like this, to ensure that their people are truly happy and engaged and doing the work that they're doing by being in their natural strength zone, and if that person isn't in their strength zone, it's great when the leader discusses this with their employees so they can help get their butt in the right seat so they can thrive.
2: Yeah, I, I love that answer. You know, and we talk about that a little bit here about this halo effect when it comes to a person's skill set. So when we, we love promoting from within we like to say we were born and bred on that you know me being the first one yeah. here but um yeah. there there's this halo effect and we've we've stumbled into this problem over the years where somebody who's really skilled at a job they do the job so well they might even be the best person at that job doesn't always make mm-hmm. a great leader because it's actually not the same thing. 100%. Leading other people who do the job you did is not the same as leading people. It's two completely different things. And I think it's very easy to say, well, they're the best salesperson, so they should be the sales manager. No, they're just a really great salesperson. Well, I will say to that, sales teams
0: are especially where I see this issue oh, come interesting. up. Because you take someone who is a hunter mm-hmm. and a driver and then you put them in a farmer role, yeah. Right. So they're hunting, they're selling, they're getting the the revenue. When they become a a, peop, a leader of people, they're not the one out there hunting anymore. They're now a farmer, where they are nurturing the hunters and stepping in to support the hunters if the if the hunter's having a hard time with the kill, oh, so that to speak. Is so so good. sales teams. Mm. Are super susceptible to leaders being put in a position because the senior leader says you're good at sales. I want you to lead the team, and then they're like, doing in the headlights of I don't know what to do with people. I know how to sell to clients, but managing people is different, especially when they were former peers. That's a whole other category. That's, that's a whole, whole other of can of worms. Yeah, totally. <laughs>
2: that's a whole other yeah, <laughs> Literally, yes. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, that's such a great comment, especially in sales. Um, so. You know if if we take this to the next level or we flip it upside down you know, what's at stake for the leader who is not focused on working to their team's strengths you
0: know what are they, what is at risk here I literally this morning i got a, a newsletter of one of the many news Newsletters that I get, and Gallup put out this study about quiet quitting.
2: Yes, I just read this. Yes, this is the second time I've heard this this
0: week. Yes, yep. the quiet quitting yeah. um, and actively disengaged is like higher the percentage of people the percentage of people actively disengaged are is, is like the highest it's been in over a decade. This is all because of the topic we're all so tired of talking about, and that is COVID. Okay, we're in a post-COVID world. People are languished from just surviving through COVID and everybody handled it differently. So a lot of organizations got disconnected because everyone went remote. The great resignation was not about compensation. It was about purpose. I show up. You don't see me. You don't hear me. Why, you don't appreciate me. Forget it. I'm not going to bust my butt here for hours and hours and hours every day. I'm out of here. Well, now people are going back to work. But they're now having this um, this different mentality of of just how they're committed or what their drive is, and it's because there was this burnout. And now for people that stayed, you know, didn't weren't part of the Great Resignation, people that stayed with their company through the the, the last two years, you know, there there was burnout, and and the burnout is even more brutal. If you stay in a state of frustration at work. So I tell people when I do workshops and when I coach people on strengths is you will know that you're playing to your strengths. If you look up and you're like, is it five o'clock already? Where did the day go? Because you've been in your zone Mm. of genius. You are being blocked from using your strengths when you're frustrated. Okay. So an achiever who just wants to mark things off their to-do list and get things done If someone or something or some process is in their way and they can't mark that thing off, they will be frustrated. And then if you're uncomfortable, not frustrated, but uncomfortable, likely someone is asking you to do one of your non-talents, okay? So I think that when it comes to what's at stake as if a leader is not uh, paying attention to this is I think people like to work with and for people they like and they like to do more of what lights them up aka use their natural strength so if they're not doing this on a daily basis and the leadership's not noticing this they're going to burn out they're going to get lost in a lack of purpose amongst all of the growing frustration how many times i've coached people and they're so frustrated and i look at their strengths i'm like well here's why like your top four, just based on what I'm hearing you say, you have not been able to play to your top four talents. No wonder you're mad. And so that's not really, mm. you know, sustainable for well-being overall, like mental, emotional, physical, and it will lead to attrition.
2: Yeah. So that's that's my strong answer. No, for that it, it's, other great it's, it's such a great <laughs> answer. And, and any, uh, you know, all of that so greatly affects the business at so many levels. I mean, replacing people is exhausting. So many I mean, levels. It's, Yeah, it's and expensive. It's expensive. It's so many things. So keeping great talent happy and working in their zone of strength, or you say zone of genius is important to just organizational health and, and honestly, organizational yep. financial health, you know, the cost of turnover, all is, of yeah, it, all of it. So that's, the, I love it.
0: Yeah. At its core strengths is a communication tool mm-hmm. and what's the, you know, trust and communication, trust and communication. These are the two topics I hear the most that are missing from teams and organizations. And they're not that hard if people will just talk to each other.
2: Yeah, (laughs) People will just get to know each other. I love it. Great advice. I also love that you talk about leveraging this at home. You talk a little bit about leveraging your strengths at home in your personal life. So I'd love it if you talk a little bit about Mm -hmm. what it looks like to leverage strengths at work and apply them to your personal life? Yeah, great question. So
0: your strengths are your strengths. Okay, it's, it's really, it's who you are, again, that nature and nurture. And it's really about applying them in both settings. So for example, if, uh, if you're an activator, which is someone who takes thought and puts it into immediate action, you can do this at work by initiating a project Initiating a meeting, doing something work related. You also can do it at home. And if you're like me, who is an activator and a very busy full time working mom of two, you can use that activator talent to get the family out of the house on time, (laughs) herd the cats, and be like, let's go, let's go. We're going to be late. Let's go. That is my activator superpower (laughs) at home. So it's all about um, just using your talents personally and professionally. And it's just, again, it's about that awareness mm-hmm. of having them, what to call them, how to aim them for that near perfect performance, and playing to them in a productive manner, no matter the environment. So it's it's a personality assessment. It's, it's not necessarily a personality assessment at work. It's But this is something I love that you asked this question, because a lot of people take this at their company, with mm-hmm. their company. And so I think it's great to just remind people and say, no, this is who you are. Mm. So use this at home.
2: Yeah, it it reminds me of something somebody said to me years ago. It's actually a doctor of mine that said, for somebody who's made a career off of delegating, you suck at it at home.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're like, dang it.
2: I, I do. I don't, you know, I don't. I feel like this, right, this, this responsibility to be all the things at home you know do the cooking and the cleaning and the dishes and the laundry and you know I'm the mom and to plan the trips and because I am an activator so I activate everything at home but I've also learned to be a great delegator at work but I've never learned I never carried it over to my personal life until that person said that to me like you really stink your whole person has learned how to do this you need to leverage it at work and at home and I was like yes that's so true Thanks for saying that to me and highlighting that
0: blind spot. Yeah, because all of our strengths have blind spots. Yes, 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 yes. And it's we're talking about the whole person. I don't think you're. I don't think you're alone in that, though, Tricia. I mean, all of us working moms have. We're we're all guilty of yes, that. Yes, yes, <laughs> for so, sure. For but sure. it was just
2: fascinating. Somebody just shot it straight at me in those exact words, and I was like, okay, love it. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. gosh. So let's talk about y- your recently published book, which, by the way, I read and is fabulous, called All In, okay. which, t- which focuses yes. on working moms creating what you mm-hmm. call a juicy life. Um, and there's there's a ton of insights in this book. But if there was one principle that's most important to us understand when it comes to playing to our strengths as it relates to your book, what would you say?
0: Yeah. So quickly, just like this for the listener to understand the full title, and then this might actually, so my answer might resonate a little bit more. So it is all in a working mom's unapologetic quest for that juicy life. (laughs) Underline the unapologetic Yes. Um, So I would say that, you know, the one principle is that uh, kind of talking to the the working mom listening right now, you are stronger than you realize if you will simply put yourself first once in a while. So, you know, we must put ourselves first every now and then. And I'm not talking about being maliciously selfish. I'm talking about self-care. And being unapologetic about it to some degree by not asking permission of others to take care of you. Like my story, as you read, I was investing in my husband who was an entrepreneur doing a startup, I was investing in my kids, I was investing in everybody but me. And it was like, hold on a second. Like it's it's kind of my turn. Because when we when we are not taking care of ourselves and we're not putting that mask on first, I mean, how many of us hear that on a plane and we don't and we ignore it? Right. But when we don't have this mentality and we are full time working moms, we get fried, we'll get resentful, we'll get angry, we'll get sad and on and on and on. And many moms, working moms, especially have the mom guilt, which is why you're, you know, you don't delegate at home. You have this guilt. Oh, I'm working all day. Now I need to be mom and I need to do all this stuff for you. Right. Like it's real. But When we are just not thinking about ourselves and giving time to ourselves, then we're not really doing a service to everybody else around us, right? We simply have to take care of ourselves first in order to take care of everyone else. So when it comes to strengths, many times we project our strengths outward to everyone else. So I might get you activated. I might maximize you. I might, you know, ask for input from you but what we what we can do is again know these strengths have knowledge of them and then point them or aim them rather inward towards yourself. I mean that's the key to living a juicy life. You know, as you read in the book like the whole part 2, I'm a maximizer. Part 2 of my book was me maximizing me but not asking people's permission. It was like this I, I got to do this in order to have a juicier life and in this case juicier is more lively, more vivid, happier, more full of joy. That's what it means when we juice something up.
2: Yeah, I love that. And I love giving yourself permission to do the things that make you feel joy. Because there's also this, not that we're going to get into this whole conversation, but there's also this recognition that it's actually not the job of others to make you feel joy. It is actually your job So giving yourself unapologetic permission to your point to do the things that bring you joy. I love it. Yeah.
0: Jack Canfield, he's the chicken soup for the soul guy. And
2: one of the best books I
0: think anyone can get their hands on is his book, Success Principles. And chapter one is you are 100% responsible for yourself. Like only you can control what you say, do, think, feel. I, I really, I love talking to people about the whole concept of no one can make you feel a certain way. And of course, we walk around blaming, you made me feel this way. How dare you? Yada, yada. We actually choose the emotion that we want to tie to something that someone has said to us or something that someone did. That is a big concept that a lot of people miss and don't want to acknowledge because it's so much easier just to blame somebody else versus sure. realize that you're actually not taking care of you.
2: Yeah, that's, that's another episode also. So now there's two follow-ups. I'm happy to come back as many as many times as you need. (laughs) Maybe we should start a series. I know it. It it could be. It could be a series. I love it. Oh gosh. So as we tie it all in a bow, what is one Mm -hmm. thing you'd encourage every leader right now to go and do that can help them unlock the strengths of their team? If there was one actionable thing they could go activate on, what would that be? Call me, and I'll help you. I love it that, yes. I'm not kidding, but that's
0: not the that's not the answer I want to get. Um, I would say that it is it, one way that I'm of course going to talk about is taking the Gallup Clifton Strigs. Hmm. You can go onto their website, purchase codes, your team can take it. And have a great workshop and talk about it. The reason why I kind of jokingly, but not jokingly, say call me or someone like me, like a certified coach that does the things that I do, is when you bring someone in who is an, has an expertise around this language, it will take you and your team to the next level. Um, mm-hmm. There are multiple facets around all these awesome talents, and and you, can, you know, like you and I can have our activator side by side, but our reports will read totally different words because of the other talents that surround it. So I would just say that if you really do want to embrace this, use an assessment to do it. I'm of course going to recommend Clifton Strings. And the reason I chose this, um, this tool versus DISC, Myers-Briggs, Enneagram, which are all so fabulous as well, is I didn't want 16 boxes or four letters or nine numbers. This really highlights how unique we truly are. I never have the same conversation or workshop twice. And so it really does highlight our our behavioral and personality DNA. So get your hands on some Clifton Strengths assessments for the team. Have have a, a team building event around it to talk about how everybody shows up with their strengths, where you have things in common, who is the only one in the room that has a talent, and why should the rest of us listen? And things like that. They're they're super fun to do.
2: Excellent. Okay. So but seriously, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, where can, where can we find you? Where can a listener find you? Oh, sure. Yeah. So uh,
0: very easy, Carryfabrice.com. So as long as someone okay. knows how to spell my name, F is in Frank, <laughs> Fabrice, it's like fabric, but with an S instead of a C, kerryfabrice.com. Um, and that's on my website and you can send me um, a note through the get in touch with me or contact form.
2: Okay, Carrie, this has been an amazing conversation. I thank you for being with us today. Would you mind hanging around? And answering one more question I have for you about what it's like for leaders to go all in and experiencing life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm happy to. All right, guys, you won't want to miss it. To hear that clip, subscribe to our email list and we'll send you a link to our bonus content. Or you can visit onenextsteppodcast.com where you can find a link in our show notes.
1: What a great conversation between Trisha and Carrie! I definitely feel inspired to think about how I'm leveraging my strengths, both personally and professionally. Thank you so much for tuning in for this week's One Next Step. To make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. And if you're ready to start accomplishing more and juggling less, go to belaysolutions.com. For more episodes, show notes, and helpful resources, visit onenextsteppodcast.com.